Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. This is Megan. Today I have a client with me. We're doing another client episode. Her name is Cheryl. And um, we started working together back in October of 2020. And just a disclaimer before I start this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about weight, numbers, calories, weight loss medications. So if you're struggling with any of those things, I just want to kind of warn you up front that we're going to get deep into talking about some of those things. So Cheryl and I's first meeting was in October of 2020, and we were focusing on teaching her how to fuel her body instead of restrict it. So I remember a lot of the questions that you asked me in the notes that I I made, you were kind of like, tell me what to not eat. And then when we did our, we did a DAP cycle together. So a daily accountability program where it's like dietitian in your pocket, Mm -hmm. you're basically just like texting back and forth. And I remember a lot of the questions you asked me were like, is this okay? Like you'd send me like pictures of things and you'd be like, is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? Just like a lot of feeling unsure about what you were doing. Um, And one of the things I noted was you sent me, you got your resting metabolic rate tested. Yes. Um, So there's a place in Orlando called DexaFit and they test your resting metabolic rate, which just includes putting a mask over your face, you breathe into it, it measures your respirations, and it basically tells you how many calories you're burning in a day, Um, as opposed to us just using a calculation. It's actually taking your specific body into account. So when you've gone on a lot of diets, it's very likely that your metabolism is slower than what a typical person of your height and weight would be. And yours was minus 12% what it should have been, which is considered slow. Correct. Um, And so you were only burning 1,100 calories per day at that time, which is very low. Yes. Um, And then just like fast forward, over the next year, you were really focusing on strength training. You were really focusing on fueling your body, making sure you're giving your body what it needs to gain muscle. Um, you actually increased your resting metabolic rate by doing that. You, you gained five pounds of muscle, um, decreased your overall weight, and then you got your resting metabolic rate tested again, and it was positive 2%. So you increased it by 14% over that next year, which was awesome. Um, so then can you kind of update me on where the journey led from there? Sure. Well, I, I think that That um, assignment, I often kid you and tease you that I'm your best client because when you tell me to do something, I do it. And I really feel that that, those DEXA scans were just paramount to my success because I look at data for a living and that, that really appealed to my brain. And something that I've learned through working with you is that if you lose 10 pounds and nine of it is muscle, you've done yourself no good disservice and you know I really remember working with you daily and you're like you said you know hey you're doing everything right 
and and when I tell you I was not straying in any way, I was I was very on the on the mark there. You need to build some muscle. You need to hire a trainer. You need to get in the gym because that's really the only way you're going to increase your resting metabolic rate. So mm-hmm. I hired a trainer, mm-hmm. and I I think you just said that was in 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. October 2020. Uh, okay, so I probably hired one the next day, <laughs> and I've been with her ever since. That's I'm awesome. working out three days a week, um, and you know I came from that uh, mentality where. You didn't work out unless you really you went to Orange Theory and you you ran and you you did all this cardio and you really uh, um, I I almost even hurt myself trying to work out and I you know I think it was spiking my cortisol I think I wasn't sleeping I think it was causing inflammation and causing me to hold on to things and it really it really never clicked. Uh, because I came from that mentality mm-hmm. that cardio is really the only way you're going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Restrictive eating and cardio. Yeah, yeah. So can you tell the audience what you do for a living just so they can so kind of I, know your background? I am a uh, certified registered nurse anesthetist, and I basically do anesthesia. Um, with that said, I'm not a physician. I'm not. I'm an advanced practice nurse, but I am not a nurse practitioner. So I don't uh, prescribe, diagnose, treat outside of the operating room. So mm-hmm. I would like to say I have a better than average understanding of physiology and and um, pathophysiology, but I am not a nurse practitioner. Okay. Um, so that's why she's into all the science. <laughs> yes, yes. The data jazz yeah, is me. Yeah, Okay, so you were working with a trainer, you were gaining muscle, you were eating more to fuel your body. So we talked a lot about, like, the breakdown of the proteins and the carbs and the fats and, like, eating at regular intervals and, like, making Absolutely. sure that you did that instead of you were like, if I forget to eat, great. Like Absolutely. <laughs> and, and it's so counterintuitive that you need to eat a little bit more to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And it took me, um, I, I should back up and say simultaneously, I started working with functional medicine um, and the nurse practitioner there. And I started, I started getting my hormones sorted out. I'm, you know, I'm a 56 year old menopausal woman. Looks 35. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, and, you know, started getting my vitamin D level up, you know, taking um, magnesium glycinate, um, getting my vitamin B levels up and really trying to to focus on nutrition and health. And I would go, you know, back in the day, two days without sleeping. My sleep was just an absolute mess. And I, I feel like once, I, I can't really even tell you what worked. I think it was probably just a combination of all of the above, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, where, where you, you can't just exercise. You can't just eat right. You can't just take a vitamin D tablet and feel better. It's just, yeah. it's just this lifestyle, this constant um, in motion. Um, Evaluation, reevaluation, absolutely. what's working, what's absolutely. not. Yeah, yeah. So when people say, I want to figure out like the thing that the, works. Really, there is no thing. And I certainly don't have all the answers. I'm certainly not here to say this is what you have to do. Right. But this is what worked for me. Right, right. Okay, so then take us from that like 2021 to now okay well i i will disclaimer i did start using manjaro i was um i i tried to stay off the scale but i also tried to get on the scale it's 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 you you don't want to be disordered but you also need to monitor where you're at 
And I stayed at the exact same weight for eight months. Mm -hmm. And I never deviated. I was in the gym. I was eating my fat protein carb. I'm Mm -hmm. doing the bowl. You know, I'm doing everything. I'm not a not a huge snacker, not a big drinker. Um, And this weight would just not release. And I wasn't, I want to say I was, you know, I'm five foot three, probably in the mid 140s at that point. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to lose a little bit more. Um, So I got on the Manjaro train before the Manjaro train was Mm -hmm. a thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking when the company was offering $25 coupons and I probably paid $25 for well over a year before oh, the wow. world be, became okay. aware of these GLP-1 agonists. Okay. Um, so I was able to get this drug very cheap. Mm-hmm. And it. I feel like it just kind of gave me that little extra boost um, that I needed. So and when you say boost, do you mean like in the way that you felt? Do you mean just like on the scale did like I mean I think a little bit of all of the above I think that disease and inflammation are are kind of intertwined I think there's a component to these medications that allows you to kind of decrease your inflammation um I had been on thyroid medication I've been being treated for hypothyroidism I'm off all of that right now and Mm -hmm. it's very rare for you to have a thyroid problem and fix that right it's and I'm not talking Hashimoto's I'm not talking thyroid antibodies I'm talking just plain hypothyroidism so I'm convinced that there's something about these drugs that do overall decrease inflammation Mm -hmm. I will say that I don't think it's possible to go on these drugs without a registered dietitian because okay. people tend to restrict. I will tell you that it does make you um, maybe a little bit disinterested in food. Yeah, and and you I've have seen. to be more cautious than ever to overcorrect that. The nutrient deficiency. Absolutely. You know, and I had, I had um, experienced hair loss before I saw you as a result of some hypothyroidism, yeah. you know, unhealthy habits, um, low vitamin D, low vitamin B, what all of that. And I, I did not want to lose hair. Yeah. So that I would say that that was one of my bigger um, concerns is I don't want my hair falling out. So yeah. I was extra careful about how I fed my body. I, you know, I was trying to eat the 30 grams of protein every every meal. I, I probably didn't snack. I would say that maybe it kind of helped that. They, they often talk about food noise. And I yeah. will tell you that you're not sitting at work thinking, I'm going to have tacos tonight. Tacos, 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 tacos. You, that's not really there. Um, and so you eat to fuel your body, not necessarily for pleasure, if that makes sense. Um, do you feel like you have to remind yourself to eat? Like, do you still get cues from your body? Or is um, it more like it needs to come from the brain? I, I feel like... If you are in tune to your body and really listening to your body, you understand. So, for instance, if you're walking around and you haven't eaten and you get a headache, you, you probably surmise that you're hypoglycemic. Mm-hmm. Probably you're hangry, the typical mm-hmm. hangry. Probably should maybe eat something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I felt like maybe if I had a headache. I probably needed to get my blood glucose up a little bit. And how I choose to do that is, you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe avocado toast with eggs or, or 30 grams of smoked salmon on top or whatever. But I felt like 
you needed to get into a little bit of routine and be like, you know, I'm off to work. I'm in the operating room by um, 6.30 every day. It's kind of hard to get up, get yourself ready. Get 30 to, grams get of protein work, by 6.30 Shovel that food in, yeah. And so it's just something you need to be extra conscious of, I think, because you don't want to be losing muscle. You yeah, because again, be like, your hair. yeah, it's You've not going to keep no you good. from losing muscle. Correct. Okay. So um, that that's just kind of how I I used it as a tool. I I wouldn't say I used it as a crutch. I used it as a tool. Mm-hmm. It was just another tool in the bag. Yeah. To help me get to my goal. Yeah. Okay. So you're at your goal now. I I am, and yeah. I have been there for a while. Yeah. Um, I don't want to lose any more weight. I'm again. I'm five three. I'm sitting around between 115 and 120 mm-hmm. and I'm I'm happy there as a middle-aged woman um I'm kind of winging maintenance a little bit I'm kind of and I, backing up to the drugs um even though these drugs have been around for years and years and years in the diabetic community um I don't think a lot of people prescribers even know how to prescribe them adequately. Mm-hmm. So when you're first starting, and I'm only going to speak to Manjaro because I don't, I don't know semaglutide. I don't know their doses. I don't, I don't know anything about that. But um, you know, there's a there's a 2.5 milligram dose of Manjaro. There's a five milligram, and so forth. These 2.5 milligram doses, these five milligram doses, are not really designed to work. They're designed to get your body used used to the drug. Okay. So for whatever reason. I responded greatly to the 2.5 loading dose. Okay. And I did not jump up and escalate that dose. So I okay. think potentially where some people, maybe some prescribers, not I'm not throwing shade to any local doctors or anything, but there was some, um, I don't know, schedule maybe where people would be on 2.5 for four weeks, then they go to five for four weeks right. and so forth. Right. Well, then you're maxing out on these heavy doses. And of course, you're going to have more side effects with higher doses. And then you're potentially plateauing. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wrote out the 2.5 for years. Okay. And, and it worked. Um, I did go up to five briefly. Um, maybe had a little bit of side effects. Certainly nothing major. Drop back down to 2.5. So I've never really gotten beyond that dose okay Um, I'm not I'm not you know sealinged on that Mm -hmm. on that drug so and for you and the way that you take it you're you're going out further than a week absolutely now absolutely I'm I'm and and now you know the two the $25 coupon went away and you're paying cash and these are not cheap drugs sure and these are you know could I come off of it probably um I'm, I'm spacing it out to 2.5 milligrams, you know, maybe every three, four weeks, depending on how I feel. If every I, three, if four I, weeks. Yeah, okay. so if I start thinking about tacos obsessively, I'm like, oh, I should probably, <laughs> I, should, I should probably give myself a little, little shot. But, um, yeah, and so, again, there's there's no guideline to this. I'm kind of, you know, my, my nurse practitioner and I work very well together. She knows that, you know, I'm not, you know, and, and there's a financial incentive to, to spread it out as well. Sure. You don't want to be sure. spending $1,200 do you know how much the dose is offhand? The dose. Yeah, of, like like every time you get, like, do you pay each time? Do you pay yeah. for a month? Then so like, I just, I pay, I pay for a month, and then I stretch it out. Got and it. And I get close to running out, I'll reorder got it. it. It's, I'll, it's I'll around, request. like, $1,200 yeah, per ish. month? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have a card okay. on file, so I just kind of, yeah. it just shows up at my door. Yeah. But, but okay. yeah, it's, it's certainly not cheap. Yeah. But I have to say that I think 
not working with a dietitian, not working with a qualified medical provider and um, walking into a med spa potentially or ordering online from some random company, probably not a great idea. Um, one thing I did learn from you is know where your food is being sourced. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to turn around and say, know where your, your medications are being yeah. sourced. Yeah. You know, do, don't get online yeah. and find the cheapest stuff that's certainly not regulated by the FDA. You don't know what's in it, where it came from. It, it might be a dim- different chemical formula. Mm-hmm. Um, you potentially won't see the same results. You could damage something I, I yeah. just I'm really kind of fanatical about that yeah. so I would personally rather pay the that that fee knowing that this is a, a regular this, this is from the, the drug company yeah. it's being monitored um it was drawn up in a sterile environment and, yeah. and manufactured mm-hmm. you know some of these places are sending out vials or multi-use vials that potentially are not meant to be multi-use mm-hmm. you can get contaminants it's just not something that I'm interested in. Yeah. So, um, so are you worried about potentially like, like do would you be okay with if you had to do this for every three or four weeks for the rest of your life? Would you be okay with that? I absolutely would. Okay. I, because the side effects are not bothering me, mm-hmm. and I feel like the results. And I, I'm not crediting my whole overall health status to Manjaro. Again, I think it's a piece. But I'm probably never going to be without my trainer. I'm never going to be without my functional practitioner. I'm probably never, I'm not working directly with you, but we stay in touch. Mm-hmm. And I utilize the tools that I learned from you. Um, I, I just don't think if you took a piece of that wheel away that it's going to roll as as yeah. smoothly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I might be wrong, um, but... Um, but I think the difference between you and what I'm seeing in a lot of other clients is that they go from, like, you went from an already very healthy way of eating, and you had kind of already yes. solved some of those issues yes. before going into this. Agreed. We have other clients who haven't solved any of those issues in terms of, like, fueling their body in a good way, and then they start taking this drug, and they start seeing results, and then they wake up in the morning, and they're eating, like, a banana. Correct. Maybe. Correct. For the whole day. They're and then at the end of the day, day, they maybe, they might, like, th- pop in a lean cuisine or whatever is the easiest because they're not thinking about food. They Absolutely. Don't, they don't care about food anymore. Absolutely. And, like, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, well, you're not getting enough of a thousand different things right now. Right. So, at what point does it cross the line between making you healthier or making you not as healthy? Agreed. Absolutely agree. <clears throat> so, that, that's why I really think you need to get a dietitian on board with you when you're using these. Because if you have not learned those tools prior to doing this, you're going to really hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're going to have more side effects. I think you're going to start losing your hair. Yeah. You're going to... You're gonna me- mess with your metabolism you're gonna get constipated mm-hmm. you're gonna have nausea and when you get constipated what are you gonna have you're gonna have nausea you're gonna have vomiting um so you have to understand the potential side effects to be able to counteract those before they start yeah one of the things we kind of started talking about before we started recording i was like no wait 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 let's have this conversation on the podcast is the stigma attached absolutely to these weight yeah. loss drugs. I, I can't even tell you. I, I really haven't shared with a lot of people that I've actually used this drug because I think that there's a um, a little bit of a 
there is a stigma and people tend to look at this as the quote easy way out and I think um, you know if you're looking at Hollywood and you, and you see um, anorexic women that don't need this drug that are using this drug yeah that's that's a problem but I do think there is a subset of the population that really can benefit from these drugs and I think I don't think there should be shame involved I don't think there should be um, and and I've never had a gastric bypass but I would think that potentially that's kind of the same thing is oh you took the easy way out you didn't do it and I don't think that weight loss is directly um, related to your ability to control your in and out I I think there's just it's multifactorial there's you have hormones you have you have vitamin deficiencies you have potential food allergies you know there's your your menopausal whatever, whatever the case may be obesity is a disease and it's not necessarily reflected in in your self-control the way you're the way you are controlling your intake mm-hmm. um, it can be but I don't think it always is mm-hmm. I, I don't think self-control has a lot to do with it to be honest I mean there's always like even if you feel like you're out of control like you just ate 17 right. bowls of manicotti for dinner <laughs> like there's a reason why you did that Correct. and it's probably because you're starving yeah and you're starving of yeah. nutrients even if you just had of fast food lunch like there's a reason why your body was pushing you to do that because it's not going to push you to eat if you don't need to eat like there's something missing there there's always a reason behind that and a lot of people think it is just like willpower self-control but I've never believed that and I people can have as much willpower in the world but like willpower always falls by the wayside at some point um so doing the things you have to do to make your body work with you instead of against you is kind of the answer Absolutely. to that. So have you had, I mean, people probably notice that you've lost they weight. Have. So yeah. like, do they yeah. say like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm referring like, to you. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I do, you know, and this is all true. This is all true. I say, you know, I hired a trainer. I worked with a nutritionist. I got my hormones straight. I see functional medicine. I, yeah. I don't necessarily feel that it's really anyone's business mm-hmm. that, Unless it's, you know, it's you or it's someone involved in my healthcare. It's my family. It's someone I care about. Yeah. But I don't necessarily feel that I need, that I owe anyone an explanation and then in turn need to defend myself. Right. Um, especially, you know, I, I do anesthesia and I would say, um, I'm making this number up, but 65% of my patients now are on a GLP-1 agonist. Really? And it's, it's become prevalent in obese people it's become prevalent in skinny people people that just want to lose five or ten pounds because it's it's readily available now and people it's not being as um uh prescribed appropriately yeah so um and, and there are side effects there are people that don't do well with these meds there are people that slow their metabolism that lose their hair that that have problems so i i think that there's a potential to not use it for good. Yeah. Um, and I'm just seeing more and more and more people on them. And, you yeah. know, if, if somebody's 100 pounds overweight and maybe has a lot of comorbidities, they're, they're not a great candidate for gastric bypass, I think this is a great drug for them to get a little bit of weight off so they can start walking because their knees 
are unable to support exercise and that type of thing. Yeah. There was one client that we had who was in a similar situation to that, and he took it. He lost, you know, the 100 pounds. He went from severely obese to just, like, slightly overweight, and then his insurance stopped covering Mm -hmm. the medicine. Got off the medicine. He gained it all back. Absolutely. Plus more at that point. And he can't afford the Mm out-of-pocket price of it. So that is something that I want people to know. Absolutely. The results that you get while taking it don't necessarily mean you're going to continue those results if you decide to come. Absolutely. Off of it. Well, and... There's a point where you don't want to lose any more weight. I right. like you're, I, right. you know, you don't want to take keep escalating these doses because then I'm going to get to an unhealthy weight right. or I'm too low, and so there's there's some finesse, there's some finagling in there where you need to decide enough's enough, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do what I need to do to stay where I'm at, but not continue to lose weight. Um, I would like to think that if I went off these drugs tomorrow that I would be able to maintain the weight. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that, but there's still a little part of my brain that thinks, mm, yeah, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, statistically, mm, I might gain it back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a new drug in the pipeline that's coming out. I can't remember the name of it, but I, I believe that the, the studies on that is showing weight loss um, a year and they're maintaining it for a year afterwards. Okay. And that's an early study because they haven't had it out long enough to, mm-hmm. to go beyond a year. But I think as these drugs get more and more popular and more um, desired, there's more demand for them, they're going to get better and better and better. And mm-hmm. you're going to see long-lasting results mm-hmm. eventually. Okay, so being a person that's that's taken them, that's seen the results from them, I'm going to just ask you your opinion on this. So we had a client that came in. Um, she was a nurse practitioner. Her mom had gone to a local weight loss clinic here and um, actually didn't get, the, this was years ago, didn't mm-hmm. get in, get on the drug, um, but did lose weight mm-hmm. with them, but was on a very, very low calorie diet yeah. doing it. And she wanted to lose about 10 pounds and was just struggling to do it. So she popped into this weight loss center to just kind of like see what they had to say. And they immediately told her like here's your prescription like yeah I think that's a bad idea go here's your prescription (laughs) and she came in and she was just like I was just so floored that that was like that was it that was the answer here you go there's no support there's no education because it will work like if you do it you will lose the 10 pounds just like if you go on a 700 calorie a day diet it's gonna work but it's it's gonna work not gonna help that's what I worry about is um the people who aren't putting a lot of thought of, into it that are saying, yep, I want to lose X, Y, Z, whatever. I'll take this and it's going to happen for me. But then what happens down the line? Right. Well, and I think that's where you're seeing in the media, you're seeing Ozempic butt, Ozempic <laughs> face. And, you yeah. know, because you're muscle wasting. Yeah. You're, you're losing uh, adipose tissue. You're losing muscle. You're losing collagen. You're, you're losing things you need to support your body. And so I think... And I don't know the answer. I don't know how we how they regulate it better. I don't. I think anytime there's money involved in drug companies or or weight loss spas or you know whomever is is peddling it, it whenever there's money to be made, there's there's a little greed involved as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I I'm not going to tell you that everyone out there has your best interests at heart and they're going to do the right thing for you. I mean, yeah. I, I again I think that if you're if you're using these drugs, you need the support. You need you need advice. You need 
serial labs drawn. You need um, a trainer or exercise program of sorts. Yeah. And, and not just aerobic, not running, don't go run five miles. You know, you, you need to really focus on not losing your, your muscle mass. But mm-hmm. I, so to all that, I would say be very careful who you choose as a provider. Be, be careful and know that you have support. You have someone drawing your labs and monitoring your kidney function, monitoring your liver function monitoring um you know all of that and yeah. your thyroid and you could potentially have issues mm-hmm. if you're not hydrating and not eating and mm-hmm. you know you could probably bump your your kidney labs a little bit so yeah. you need to be working in conjunction with these people not saying thanks for the script and tap out <laughs> right right the thing that i'll be really honest the thing that scares me about this is I feel like we've gone through different iterations of, like, when certain weight loss drugs have been really popular. Sure, sure. And then we're, like, 20, 30 years down the road, and we're like, well, that was crazy. Like, yeah. why did we yeah. do... Why why was that okay? Yeah. Um, and so I, I vacillate between this, like, okay, I want to support this for the people who have done all the things. Mm-hmm. We've done all the things. I don't want to support it for the people who I know when they work at it, they get the results, but they just don't feel like working at it anymore. Ag- which, agreed. To, honestly, I feel like that's where most people are. Ag- like, I, I agree with you. They I agree just, with you. It's just like, I've worked with these people. I know that when you do the things, you see what you want to see happen and you just stopped doing it. Absolutely. And now you're just taking this drug. Absolutely. Um, I do have a problem with that because I don't think they are going to help their health outcomes in the future um, because they're just reverting back to all their old habits, mm-hmm. but then taking a drug mm-hmm. on top of that. That kind of, that was not where I was going with this. I well, and I, I think that that's where it's evolved to. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, these drugs have been around a lot of years and, um, the studies on them are okay, but but then we're you know we're we're giving them to people that don't really need them that haven't had the training that haven't had the um, lifestyle modifications the education, and this is not this is not something that you take a prescription for and never get checked on again. Yeah, this yeah. is something you are working very closely with people. Yeah. So as a registered dietitian, I want to support the people who want my support. Mm-hmm. I absolutely do that are on these drugs. But I'm also afraid that 30 years down the road, yeah. I'm going to be like, oh, I supported this, yeah. and then everyone has something wrong yeah like that's a fear of mine and I don't know if it's an unfounded fear yeah I mean I as a medical person I I like I think that the studies are there this isn't something that they came up with eight months ago and they're peddling on the market I think it's been around for a long time it's just been widely underutilized in the weight loss community it's been used in the diabetic community for a really long time Mm -hmm. so and, and I think, you know, I, I think, it, you know, your your practice focuses a lot on successful, purpose-driven people. Right. Your, your, your clients, for the most part, are successful in every aspect of their life. And this is just something they can't get a hold of, mm-hmm. myself included. Mm-hmm. And so I would like, you know, I certainly don't pretend to know your entire practice, but for the most part you've got really successful business owners and people that are highly motivated. Yeah. So, you know, and and then you look at the cost, you know, back to the cost, you look at the cost of immobility, obesity, diabetes, 
you know, they're, they're talking now that Alzheimer's is, is potentially a type 3 diabetes, you know, and they're thinking that that is from this, this glucose up and down or constantly up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would like to look at these drugs as a way uh, to prevent something down the road for mm-hmm. me. You know, am I going to get type 2 diabetes? Am I going to get Alzheimer's disease because my blood glucose is is, you know, and, and something you taught me too, you know, back in the, you know, I grew up, I went to high school in the eighties, you know, you'd get a bagel (laughs) and eat it and that's your breakfast. Well, you know, I don't have a Dexacom, but if you, if you get a blood glucose monitor and serially track your blood sugar, you're going to be really shocked at what that does to your blood sugar initially. Then you get the crash Mm -hmm. and then, you know, add some protein to that and you're not going to do that. Yeah. I'd like to think that these drugs kind of modulate all of that. And you're not having that variability. You're not having those spikes and that that constant elevated, you know, blood glucose yeah. that most people are running around with. So I do. So I think the drug will do that for you. But you don't need the drug to do that. You either. absolutely don't. You can go get a blood glucose yeah. monitor and you can check it. And and that jazzes me data wise too. You yeah. know, I was thinking about that on the way over. That 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 probably would have worked as well because you can. It's hard data. It's not subjective, it's objective. You look at that and you you can make a wiser choice when your blood glucose goes, I don't, I don't know what a bagel does to your blood glucose, but you probably yeah. do 200, 300, I don't depends know. Depends on the person, yeah. totally depends yeah. on the person. Depends on what you yeah. put on it and whatever, but, but that that's not probably healthy when you started off in, you know, with a whatever fasting glucose that morning of 70. You know, and then, and then you're up and down and you're wondering why you're cranky at 10 a.m. and this and that. So as you taught me to eat, you know, you can kind of mentally think, you know, I'm stable. I'm not up. I'm not down. I'm not consistently up. I had a client recently who she had, um, she went to the doctor and her A1C was moving into that pre-diabetic level. And we we were working together and she was doing well, but she would have these periods of time where she would just be starving. She'd be Mm. like, I'm fine for a couple weeks. And then she'd be like, I am starving. I can't eat enough. Like I need breakfast. I need a morning snack. I need an afternoon snack. I want to eat when I'm like, just, and I'm like, I can't figure out what's going on. Why are you so starving at this period of time? But you weren't at that. It just, it wasn't making any sense. And then she got that A1C back and I was like, we need to start monitoring your Mm. blood sugar. So she, got a blood glucose monitor started taking your blood sugar and it was wild it was like Mm -hmm. those when she would wake up and be super hungry her blood sugar was actually super high really yes super high so when she started monitoring her blood sugar what we figured out is like if we can get that tighter control she's now eating like she gets up she gets she does do a bigger breakfast with probably somewhere between 25 and 35 grams of protein and she's not hungry for a pretty long Mm -hmm. time after that she goes for a long stretch she has another like pretty well balanced meal and then she has dinner and that's that's it she's Mm -hmm. like i don't need to eat in between now Mm -hmm. because my blood sugars are just better regulated and she's finding the specific foods and the specific combinations that do that for her specifically versus just like ah this is like a healthy meal i'm not really sure um because she was worried about having to take insulin diabetes medication she has been on metformin which is usually the first thing that will be prescribed when you get close to that diabetes or in that diabetic range and she had horrible side effects Mm -hmm. from it and she didn't want to take it and so she's like gun shy about taking anything Mm -hmm. but wants to get this down and she's doing it by just monitoring 
those numbers. I love that. So it's like she's doing the same thing that like these medications can do, Absolutely. but she's using data just to do it on her own. So I just don't want people to lose that ability to like think for yourself, Absolutely. make the food decisions for yourself and what's going to be right for your body and not let this medication just kind of do the work yeah yeah I agree with that I absolutely agree with that and it it teaches you it teaches you how to fuel your body by the by your body's response Mm -hmm. anything else you want to share with the crowd I don't think so I mean my main reason for having you on was just because I know that you are very knowledgeable about on the topic it wasn't something that you took lightly that you were just like I'm just gonna start doing this no Um, I don't remember asking your permission but (laughs) no I do remember you asking like do you think I'm a good candidate for this I I do remember that yeah yeah Uh, Um, you were like what (laughs) (laughs) um but I think that yeah I just wanted to have you on to have an honest conversation with someone who is taking this because I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about it absolutely so thank you for coming on thank you for having me All right, we will see you on the next podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.